0: Welcome, everyone! Thank you for tuning in to Ask the Experts podcast with Alka. I am so grateful. Thank you to each and every one who come back week in, week out to listen, learn, and grow. And this means so much to me for your valuable time that you take out. And I am so grateful. So as my commitment to you, as my community and my audience is to help find people who can help us live a life more meaningful, deeper, and authentic. And my amazing guest today, Scarlett O'Connor, is doing exactly that. She's making such an impact. Scarlett is a life, a trauma-informed life and business coach. She is a 2 times world champion bodybuilding athlete. Scarlett is a founder of Two Scars, Two Two Strengths. And despite facing numerous challenges and setbacks, Scarlett has endured in her life. She has gone on to transform her life, having a successful career and building a very successful career that she is just going strong and she has an an, unwavering resilience. So Scarlett, welcome to the show. Oh Elka,
1: thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: You're welcome. So who is Scarlett O'Connor? Do share with us your backstory.
1: Oh, wow. Who is Scarlett (laughs) O'Connor? That's a question. Uh, Well, I guess in brief, uh, I was raised by, let's say, two people that maybe shouldn't have had children. Um, Although I hope that people are glad that they did and that I am here and able to help people today. But, yeah, I grew up with what I now understand to be a narcissistic mother and a mentally ill father. I was kind of dragged around as a child, mistreated, neglected, Uh, abused and then at 12 years old my mum kicked me out and after that I went into the care system and uh, at 16 I had my my little boy and I became a real go-getter. I think before that probably actually I started working when I was about 14 but despite it appearing and and it kind of always did um, that I might have it like all together and be this really confident person. Um, what I realized now being older um, is that I spent a lot of my life running uh, in fight or flight mode. Um, and I achieved some amazing things. Uh, I had a child at 16 and despite not having a family or a great education, I went on to build a great career, had a great career in IT, managed projects globally, Um my son on the most amazing holidays was the the mum that I always wanted I guess and the mum I wanted to be so yeah achieved some really great things and but I spent most of my life I guess feeling like it didn't matter what I achieved I still felt like I wasn't really worth it and that um, just struggled a lot with self-doubt with with negative self-talk with beating myself up with high levels of anxiety but to be honest nobody would have ever known and uh, I didn't even realise that that was what I suffered from, to be honest. I didn't know what anxiety was. I didn't know what PTSD was. I didn't know didn't know any of this stuff because I realise now we, we don't actually really get taught that. So, um, yeah, in 20... We don't
0: talk about it. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No,
1: no. And, and I spent my life like that, like, thinking I needed to be somebody that I wasn't, that I needed to show up as a particular person, like... I worked in a company for over 10 years and pretty much everybody I worked with didn't know I was a mum. They didn't know I had a child. Oh, wow. they, they wouldn't have known anything about me because I just, I didn't share it. I went to work. I spoke work talk. And the minute that the conversation would go somewhere else, I'd be like, well, either on you or back to work. Let's not discuss me. Um, why did you feel I knew- you
0: didn't want to share it? Why did you feel that? Because oh, I felt ashamed. People- yeah.
1: Oh, you felt ashamed. Mm-hmm. I felt ashamed. I felt ashamed for being me, I felt ashamed for the things I'd been through. I thought that I needed to be like other people. Like what I realize now is that many people feel in that way. And uh, many people have been through some horrific things in their lives. Mm-hmm. But uh they do the same and they they hide it and they push it down. And they show up being a way that they think they need to be. And I'm not saying that you need to like tell everybody all your problems or that everybody needs to know everything you've been through. Of course not. But that feeling inside of thinking, um, like I can't really be me. I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I feel I, I feel, I'd feel scared to tell anybody because they're going to judge me and they mm. they probably won't like me then. And like that, having that internal battle is it's really difficult and it's really sad because i realized now i thought i was the only person dealing with that for many years which may seem naive but we're only in our own heads right
0: right and yeah.
1: i realized now that i'm i'm well, i'm certainly not <laughs> yeah. that i'm certainly not and that it's okay that the things that i went through affected me and that yeah it's okay to to learn to to love me for me being me and um it, it Yeah, it it was just a crazy concept, I guess, that I didn't really understand most of my life. Like, I think not being shown love, not being loved, uh, the the thought or even understanding of how I could be loved was just so alien, was just so... um,
0: I mean, it's understood. It's understood because when you haven't had the love from your parents or you haven't had the love from people around you, it's just very difficult how we we can navigate through life
1: yeah yeah and actually i read, i read something um, on a forum only uh, yesterday and and it's a lady on there who's kind of in her 70s and she's saying that um her mum her mum is 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 in a forum about narcissistic parents and she's she's still got the same question going through her head which is why did my mum do it to me what is wrong with me
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's so sad to read that because that was the questions that I had for most of my life and so like people would say and I, I get it logically like it's not your fault that it happened and logically I'd agree with that like of course it wasn't my fault like of course of course it wasn't but I had the same questions as like this lady I, I was talking to yesterday which is but why why did it happen then so what's wrong with me And so even though logically it might be what it wasn't my fault, subconsciously deep in there in those deep rooted beliefs was that it is something to do with me. Like it is it is my fault that it happened because there's something wrong with me. Otherwise, why would it have happened?
0: It happened. Yes. Yeah. So, so I mean, that is logic. why would it have happened and why why did it happen? It is logical for anyone to ask those questions because I know someone and we were just talking about how she was raised in two families like her biological parents gave her up. They oh. gave her up and she was brought up in another family. and that family, Uh, You know, she got so much love, but you know what, Scarlett, it's just very, it's very sad. And it's very, I mean, to me, I I feel when, you know, kids are just traumatized and their biological parents give them up for whatever reason that may be, you know, maybe that their parents couldn't really afford them. Maybe their parents were going through, um, you know, things themselves that they can handle children or can it handle a child so they have to give them up to foster care so I can totally understand how you know that will make a child feel how that will make you feel and knowing oh, is there something wrong with me
1: yeah because that's what you do you 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 get left with these beliefs that it's that it's actually something wrong with you. And then yes. those beliefs shape everything about us. They, they shape our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, our reactions. They literally shape everything. And like that's why I think that most of my life I was in an internal battle because it was like, yeah, I get it logically, but that it's, not, it's not logic, is it? It's what's deep in our subconscious and deep in there. It was that, well, it must be me. Like, if I think about the question that I'm asking, or well, what's wrong with me? That comes back to then me believing that there is something mm-hmm. wrong with yes. me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I I would have never, never realised that I even had those beliefs because logically, like logically it wasn't my fault, right. but it's not logic. It's what's deep rooted in those deep beliefs. And like, for me, what that meant was that I, I had guards around me like, and like I mentioned, like I wouldn't tell anybody about me. Not 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 that I still think I'd go out and just tell everybody about. But um, yeah, I I I felt ashamed. I I carried shame around with me. Carried anger around with me. Um, carried carried all these emotions. Fear, fear of abandonment, mm-hmm. fear that I'd be hurt. Fear that and and I never really had any idea that that's what was going on. You know, like um I guess we don't
0: I guess
1: we no we we don't no we don't yeah no we don't and that's kind of why I've chosen to change careers and do what I do now because it was a long it was along that journey of studying like how does trauma affect the brain Uh, how how does that affect our programming which I now understand to be programming that we literally are programmed that's why we don't think logically about much we might Mm -hmm. like to think that we do but we we generally don't. We're just run by a programming. And it was upon like learning all of that, it was like, oh, wait there. Wow. I've actually been programmed by all of that stuff. Right. And that's what's shaping how I how I feel. That's what's shaping my thoughts. That's what sh- that's the reason that I experience anxiety. Not that I knew what that was before.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Um, this is the reason that I'm guarded and I'm in protection mode and that. If I get even the slightest hint or sign that somebody's going to hurt me, even though I might be misunderstanding that completely, I'm going to see it as that and I'm going to put my guards up and I'm going to push them yes. away. Yeah. You because just
0: put the
1: walls I, just go up. Yeah, because you're running from that place of fear. Because mm-hmm. you've got those beliefs in there that they're you're always going to get hurt, that right. somebody's always going to abandon you. That that there's that, that, like for me, like like lots of, like, there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So this, like, it's going to go wrong anyway. This person's going to hurt me anyway. This person's going to... And you're, you're kind of always looking for it.
0: So it's like that like, flight or fright mode, you, you know. You, it is. Right? It's a, because logically, that's what we, we want to do. Logically, the yeah. logic says, okay, the guys are just going to go up because we're going to be hurt. Someone's yeah. going to hurt us. And you know, protection. I mean, I know I can I can relate to that because that was me, uh, once upon a time, about a good ten years ago of my life when, when my marriage broke up and I went to that very traumatic time in my life. I felt, you know, I was abandoned. I was not physically abused, but I was verbally abused. And then knowing how I felt, you know, that that trauma that was just inside of me, and i just like what you said. I felt worthless. I felt yeah. all those beliefs that you know just creep up, and and I want to talk, um, Scarlett, about all the trauma that you endured. And for the viewers listening, how did you begin to take in those steps to heal yourself? Could you share with us what what steps you took to heal?
1: Yeah, of course, and I think it's very much been a journey. Like, it would be lovely, wouldn't it, if there's, like, this magic pill or there's something you can just do, and instantly it's, like,
0: it's okay. (laughs) I think,
1: yeah, exactly. I think awareness is the first key step. Like, I spent most of my life, like, achieving great things, uh, always moving forward, being resilient, as they would say. And uh, that was great, but, like, we've just spoken about, I was being ran by my programming and had no idea sometimes why I'd get angry, why I'd get upset, why I would put my guards up, some of the choices i have made in life. Didn't really understand them. So I think awareness for me was definitely the, the first step. Um, in 2015, I was on a girl's holiday in Spain and I was assaulted by a police officer. Mm. He smashed my face off a marble floor and almost killed me. Wow. Now, uh, that that incident, that Moment, what it went through that event really affected me. And it was after that point that I began to suffer from complex PTSD. Now, again, I had no no idea about any of this. I had no idea I'd been running with PTSD for most of my life. I had no idea what complex PTSD was. Um, all I knew is PTSD. That, uh it's it's PTSD really, but where you have multiple traumas, so yeah. not just traumas as a child or one event, um, but more events as you go through life so mm-hmm. which is what makes it complex and it can end up just altering the way that you you think behave um your thoughts your feelings your reactions actions and that can be something that you just end up almost just living with just running from this place of having ptsd and i was in that place and what i thought was that i was crazy right so my brain was always going 100 miles an hour like I couldn't work out how to kind of calm it down I felt really unsafe about a lot um everything became a worry to me everything started to like yeah bother me um and I had no idea that what I was going through because my programming was just get up and get on with it right and so I felt very confused like why why can't I just seem to do it in the same like why am I why is this bothering me so much? Like, mm-hmm. why am I overthinking everything? Why do I? Why is my heart going 100 miles an hour all the time? Why are my thoughts going crazy? Mm-hmm. And it was after that point, and and really a number of things like that. Uh, maybe getting upset with my son and then feeling really bad for it. Mm-hmm. Um, like coming home, seeing a pair I don't know a pair of shoes on the side, and thinking I've told you to clear those up. <laughs> why haven't you cleared those up? And then going instead of just being able to sit down or, or talk and say, "Could you clear up the shoes?" It would be why haven't you cleared up the shoes? Why, right. You know what I mean? And this anger would come out. There was an unnecessary. Then I'd feel guilty, go and say oh. sorry, oh. feel terrible inside, beat myself up for it. Um, the same happened in relationships, and it was it was along that one day I I picked up my phone and I was like, right, why do I get angry when I don't want to? What well, because I wanted to understand me, I wanted to understand my mum because my mum was a very angry person. I, I wanted to understand the police officer because I might not have got an apology from him. And I don't know, maybe he didn't regret what he did. But, I mean, and many humans out there are good people. There's a lot of bad in the world. Right. but And maybe yeah. he is just an e- a bad, evil person. But there's also a chance that he maybe didn't mean to do what he did.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And it happened because of his programming. So... I, I wanted to understand, like, did he really mean to almost kill, like, a young white girl? Like, was that his idea? Like, was someone, I don't know. Did, did, did that really? So, yeah, I wanted to understand it. Um, And it was along that journey I learned that we generally only carry anger as adults if we go through things as a child that we morally disagree with. And because we don't have a voice to be able to voice it, we carry it with us. Which right. is why it then yeah. becomes part of our programming and it comes out in ways that we don't want to come out in. Not necessarily as bad as the police officer, maybe like I mentioned, being a bit short fused,
0: right. having reactions
1: yeah. sometimes that are just not really just necessary. Out of nowhere. Okay. Just out of nowhere, going from naught to hundred and it just not being really <laughs> necessary. What, what
0: happened? <laughs>
1: yeah. Because
0: I always thought that
1: anger would be like the police officer. Do you know what I mean? Somebody who is, I don't know, throwing chairs or beating people up or but but it's not. My anger a lot of the time we internalize especially as kind right. nice people
0: mm-hmm. it, a lot
1: of the time it comes back on us self-hatred negative self-talk right. beating ourselves right. up internally uh-huh. um so I think becoming aware of that was probably a real catalyst for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I was like oh wait there there is a reason that I get like this right it's not mm-hmm. because I'm crazy right like I keep thinking that I am it's because there's actually trauma held in my body held in my brain and I need to work out uh, now how to overcome that so um, for me it was learning how learning about self-love like learning to be compassionate and kind to myself like our brain only works in images and pictures uh, images and words and so something that I was always really bad at and, and I realize most people are as well is the way I spoke to myself internally
0: your self talk, yeah
1: Yeah, that and and, geez, it was so bad. It was so negative. Like you'd never, I'd never speak to anybody else like that in my life. And I I think a lot of us think, well, it doesn't really matter because it's inside my head, right? So what does it matter anyway? No one else can hear it. Yeah. But what I realized along this journey of really understanding, like how do our brains work, is that that voice is a is a key fundamental part of why we feel like we do the actions or reactions that we have. Like it plays a key role in in us every day so part of my healing journey was learning was learning about that releasing the anger at a subconscious level which I did through um, a combination of of tools which I've now actually combined into like a program it's what I take my clients through and that's that's really that's not a logical level that's to release the emotion at a, mm-hmm. at a subconscious level right. um and, yeah, beginning, big, really learning to love me, I guess. And I think it's something that it is a journey, like I it's mentioned. It's not is something. It's always a process.
0: I mean, it, it's, it's a process. Is it... it's, it's never the destination. It's what no. we need to go through, right? It's what we need to go through. Yes. to go through that to knowing, okay, well, this is what happened. This is the trauma that happened in my life. How do I need to move forward? And it's to, you know, learning, having, like you said, is doing a lot of inner work. And I'm sure you did. I'm sure a lot of people did. I'm sure, you know, I did. I had to do a lot of inner work and to start and to love me. But it, like you said, it's a process. It's never. It's a process. It's a process that we need to go through to heal. So Scarlett, how would you describe a trauma? And why is it misunderstood? Because I'm sure it can. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's
1: massively misunderstood.
0: It is. Mm-hmm
1: yeah um I, I think even like when we think about like anger a lot of people mm-hmm. think well that means that somebody like I used to that means that somebody's got like an actual problem like they're throwing chairs around they're beating people up mm-hmm. like no they're not yeah. like mm-hmm. um you see a lot of like I, I said at the beginning Like, I now understand my mum to be narcissistic like I would say that she suffers from narcissistic personality disorder now I understand that I understand that her brain will be formed in a way that doesn't really allow her to empathize
0: doesn't
1: mm-hmm. uh, doesn't work in the way a lot of other people's brains work but right. yeah. um like narcissism comes through trauma that's the reality of it we become narcissistic we demonstrate narcissistic behaviors because we have insecurities
0: right and mm-hmm.
1: like insecurities are everybody has insecurities Of because we all do but like i know for most of my life I felt ashamed about my insecurities. So I wasn't going to show up with them. Like I wasn't going to talk about them. I wasn't going to be vulnerable about it. I wasn't going to be, and then and then I learned about what narcissistic behaviors really are. And I was like, oh shit, you know, like let's be really honest. I demonstrate some of those. Right. Like I'm getting angry when I don't want to get angry. My son's having to deal with that. That's not, that's not kind. That's narciss- There's a narcissistic behavior there. Like, so they're. I've actually got some of those because of what I've been through. So like we, like that, I think is really confusing. Like I joined a lot of forums about um, narcissism or on Instagram. And I mean, some of these pages do so much damage to people because they're calling out what somebody like my mother is. Oh. Like they're, they're talking about a person like that. And it's very easy to like, I don't know, look at an ex or look at a partner or look at somebody and think, well, they they're they're all of these bad, they're an evil person and they're, right. they're like this. Mm-hmm. And um, but I think the reality is is that like a lot of people demonstrate narcissistic behaviors, um, but are completely unaware yeah. because we're just not taught. We're not taught how trauma affects the brain.
0: Mm-hmm. We're not
1: taught what that does to our our thoughts our feelings our actions reactions like how that how that can impact others like we're constantly in a in cause and effect like all the time like if I said something to you now and wasn't very nice you would respond and or or you'd be affected by it one or the other you'd either go straight into effect and be affected by the things I've said or you'd respond and your response might be to just block me out and not worry about me or your response might be to come at me but either way, we're we constantly we're constantly it causes an effect with people, and I don't think we're we're just not taught enough about how how this affects us, how mm. how our brains are affected by this trauma that we go through. Um, yeah, so I think I think it's widely misunderstood. I don't think it's spoken about enough. I think a lot of blame and shame is actually still out there, which adds to. Um, your own feelings of shame and embarrassment and guilt Um, and so yeah I I think like social media is particularly difficult because it's lots of pictures of people living their best life and everything being amazing and everything being great and um, there's just not a lot of talk about reality and there's a lot of I don't know inspirational motivational posts which are really great but I don't think some of them line up with what's what's actually true, what's Except actually
0: true. And I think, you know, you're right. The truth needs to be told as to like, you know, if you face, um, say, for example, you know, you you are in a relationship or you meet a guy. And so that's my question. And you talked about, you know, a narcissist. How does one know that you are with a narcissist person because i was um you know i was was dating someone and he was narcissist i i got to find out later on that he was narcissistic and i didn't know that And he was a doctor but how does one know because i i Hmm. didn't know is it are they do they have like a camouflage that you don't know one minute it's almost like i kind of felt it was like bipolar is that how Uh, you describe a narcissist person do they have like a camouflage like how does one know uh,
1: I think it. I think it can be difficult because there's all levels, you right. know. Like mm-hmm. there's many people in the world who are good, kind people, but they're affected by their trauma, and so they show up with some narcissistic behaviors, with just no idea, really, of the impact it's having on the people around them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and I don't know what your ex husband's like. He may just be completely narcissistic and a complete like, asshole, and have no. Uh, even care for that at all. but a lot of people, I think in the world are showing up in that way and hurting others because they're so unaware because they're just they're they're so unaware. but it's not necessarily that they are completely and you know I mean a full-blown narcissist yeah, yeah. Um, that they're not aware I, of themselves it's just it's that they're not aware. but I think there's a difference between somebody who's not aware, is never going to become aware, is never going to take responsibility, is always going to blame others. That's that's somebody who's narcissistic. Do you know I mean who's always going to throw it back on you, who's always going to make it your fault or somebody else's fault, who's never going to take responsibility, from then a person who will take responsibility but just doesn't know what they don't know. Yes. Like that and that and that's a different and it's really difficult like to face yourself in the mirror and go,
0: mm-hmm.
1: wait there, I'm toxic yeah way there actually I'm hurting people and it, and it's because of me like it's actually it's something inside of me that I need to change it's something and that's like I, I just put my hand but like, I've done it myself and I put my hands up to everybody else who's, who's doing it and has done it like it's very easy to just go it's their fault and it's because of them and it's because blame. of yes blame yeah but to actually sa- stand up and go well, actually there's parts of me as well that needs Mm-hmm. That and I think that's a big difference between somebody who's narcissistic and is, is really just going to do a lot of damage in this world to somebody who's narcissistic, but it it will take responsibility and change it. Do you know what I mean? We'll we'll do the work to change it. And like look, there's a lot of people in this world that 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 have caused harm, that cause harm, and, and they regret it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: right they do have they do have remorse they do have empathy they do live with regret and living with regret is one of the most painful things like for anybody and for people who are experiencing that like it may be that yeah they've got narcissistic behaviors but they also want to do something about it
0: yeah like
1: yeah i think the people who don't and will never take responsibility that's the people to be scared of like
0: because they're gonna they're gonna repeat, you know, repeat their actions. They're gonna keep doing always, that. always, always,
1: but... always. So and you see down. a lot of people in really high profile positions in the world who are very narcissistic, and they they get that that power. I guess that by belittling others, by uh, telling lies, by making themselves look like something they're not. Um, and again, it, it comes back to that, like the way their brain's been developed. But they do have all these insecurities. But they're never gonna, they're never going to sit in never gonna admit that. No, and they're never going to admit that. And it's always going to be somebody else's. And that's where like the whole gaslighting comes in as well. Like if you've got, if you say to somebody, um, I f- like I feel this way because of like this conversation or what it is you've done, they're going to be the ones turning around and going, well, it's because of you. it's because you're like this or yeah like so yeah I think it's it can be more difficult but I think the more that we understand about like this subject how this actually shows up the easier it is for us to one spot it in ourselves which let's be honest we have no control about anybody else so Mm -hmm the only person that we ever can do anything about is ourselves.
0: Exactly. And
1: I think upon doing that, it makes it much easier to be able to spot that in others.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yeah. And I think if you had not gone through that, you would not be able to help other people um, relive, you know, from their trauma, from their past lives that they've endured to helping people right now. And talking about, Um, you are now helping so many people living, uh, helping them get through their trauma. And I love the name uh, Two Scars, Two Strength, and you are the founder of Two Scars, Two Strength. Can you share with us how did what's the mission behind Two Scars, Two Strength?
1: Yeah. Okay. so really, really helping, um, really helping professionals to become their best selves. Mm-hmm. Like, it's as you mentioned, Alka, like, when you're, when you go through things, it knocks you, right? It knocks your confidence, yeah. your self-worth, your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can be really confusing as well when you go through emotional abuse, because like the first thing that you said earlier is, well, it wasn't, it wasn't physical, it was, it was emotional. Like, an emotional abuse, like, people could, like, like quite often go, well, I, I didn't go through that, or they weren't beating me up, or they didn't do this, or no, instead you were broken down internally, like... Mm-hmm. And the effects of that are massive, like that they they impact your self worth, self esteem, how you feel about yourself, confidence, anxiety. They affect everything internally, don't they? Right. So yeah, um, yeah. Scars to Strength is really about um, helping professionals to become their best selves. So many of the people I work with, or professionals that I work with, have been through some ordeals in their life. But the same as me, it's like, well, I did, but I'm okay. You know, I I'm alright, but. What a lot of them don't realize is that they are they can be so much more than they actually are when they work through and understand how their yes. brain works, how to yeah. get the most from it, because again, we just we just don't get taught about, yeah, trauma. So I spent fifteen years in it and one of my skills in it, um I manage projects globally, and the, the one of my natural skills was to help people who don't understand technical stuff understand technical stuff and help to break the divide this meant that we could deliver projects easily leaders could understand why things don't work or why they're not working and so using those that skill I now after studying years of neuroscience how the brain works how trauma affects us learning the tools to be able to reprogram ourselves I now help my clients to do exactly that without them having to understand all the jargon and all the technical stuff around trauma so right. helping them to make changes easily um without having to spend years doing what I've done and actually understanding the technicalities of right. how does the brain work
0: <laughs> yeah so what are the tools that um that you you know you put people through what are those tools that you can share with us uh
1: so I, I have a couple of different tools like I have tools that um i It wouldn't be something I would say, right, do this, because it would be something you go through with me or something I've I've actually made in online. So I created a master emotions healing program. Now, that's something I went through myself, which allowed me to release the anger, guilt, shame, embarrassment, um, fear and That programme, I was working with clients one-to-one for years and I was taking them through that process. And this year I put it into an online programme, which is affordable for everybody so that I can help way more people and they can go through this and release their stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Knowing that this is not only what helps us to show up as, as the best version of us, but it helps to break those generations of trauma, helps you to learn to love yourself in a way that you maybe haven't been able to because those parts of you are are separated it helps you to feel more whole and complete and release that that burden right. um, other tools that are really helpful they like, could simply say is like really recognize like we mentioned that voice like your the images in your mind and that voice that you have are really powerful and what a lot of us tend to do like you hear about anxiety and that if you're anxious you're thinking about the future now yes that's true and that causes anxiety but what a lot of other people tend to do as well is when they're in relationships or in situations that aren't helpful to them they are imagining something very different mm-hmm. they're imagining how it could be what it would look like if this right. person was kinder was nicer did treat them in a certain way
0: the future and interesting.
1: yeah and so while they might not feel anxious mm-hmm. so like because they're not in a place of worry they're actually fooling themselves and I've been there into thinking that it's going to be something that it isn't rather than being in this moment and facing this reality and this is something like that the brain is so so powerful and when you're imagining what it could be like you'll make excuses for why you're in what you're in now what it right. could be different well if they did do that if they were. Well, that's let's, like let's think about where you are at right now so I think for people to really just un- understand and become aware that the images that they're having will either keep them in something that they don't want maybe won't make them happy could make them have um could make them fear things like if you think about oh I really want to do something and then you don't do it it's usually because you imagine what yeah. could go wrong you imagine it going wrong, like whatever that is doing, even if that's I don't know, I've just hired a bike, getting on a bike, hiring a bike and go down the road. You might not do it because you right. can see, I don't know, you've already imagined some a car hitting you, or you've imagined oh falling God. off and going into the stream. Yes, you you can, <laughs>
0: you,
1: so you don't go and do it. So the, the brain has a lot ha, has a lot of power. Um, I think understanding that, yeah, those images that you're you're seeing every day, the images that are being created and the voice the things that you're saying to yourself like if you can become aware of those and start really paying attention to them you'll begin to recognize how much they dictate your behavior and be able to take the power back in a way by just recognizing that actually it's those images that are making you have the thoughts you have the feelings you have and the actions or inactions or that you take
0: exactly so
1: yeah I hope that's helpful in some way
0: Oh, absolutely. And you know what? And I love sitting down with people who have ideas and I really have, you know, great admiration. Now, when it trauma, as we talked about, um, is very much misunderstood. And with trauma, you know, there comes a lot of shame. How do you even deal around trauma uh, being misunderstood, the shame around it? Now, as you said, you know, we know that the, what the trauma you've endured, do you think it impacts people in a negative way in any shape? Oh, or definitely. 100%. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Like this month is actually childhood abuse or April is childhood abuse awareness month every month. So this year, this month, I'm actually putting lots of stuff onto my media and do in April to help raise awareness about this because my like, shame uh, or d- depression, which comes from shame and feelings of guilt and embarrassment um, is like one of the big biggest causes of death in the whole world. Like, so that's how imp- how important it is. You know I mean, this this carrying shame around with you can lead you to having really poor mental well being. Like, and having poor mental well being is going to affect how you show up. It's going to affect how you feel feel, and like whilst there's lots of, I don't know, diseases and things out there that are people are working on. I think one key thing that we really need to work on as a society, as a world, is the problem that we have with suicide.
0: Yes.
1: Is the It's the problem that we Absolutely. have with mental well being. Oh. Yeah, because it's one of the biggest causes of death. And yet it's something that's still really misunderstood. And so I, I don't I don't think it's simple. I don't mm. think it's like it's definitely not as simple as me going right okay well I think
0: right. that it's like yeah. this
1: So I think like this is it's what's worked complex. for me mm-hmm. it's it's much more it's much more complex but I think as a world this needs to be something that we are working on to to improve and I think we are I think people I think are so. becoming more woke it is it's definitely changing I know when I was a child my dad had mental illness so mm. he was a schizophrenic which is probably probably why mental health has always mattered to me so much because my dad didn't come into the world of schizophrenic like yeah. that happened through the traumas that he went through right. so he wasn't mentally ill he became mentally ill uh-huh. um which is why i think it's always Mattered to me like I've always been very like need to look after my mental well-being um because mental poor mental well-being can lead to a breakdown breakdown can lead to mental illness yeah and so yeah I think it's really I think it's really important understanding that like I I couldn't understand really I've got I've got everything great I've got a great career I've got beautiful son I own our own house we go on amazing holidays everything's great why do I hate who I am like it makes no sense, really. Like, why do I hate the person that I am? Well, I understand now that it's because of what I've been through, right? Do you still but have those carrying moments? that?
0: Do you would you say you um, still have those moments that you still hate yourself, no matter what? If some stuff comes up, do you? Um, what goes through your mind today?
1: Not any, not in the same way anymore. Same way. No, no, a hundred percent not. Um, I think. Uh, and it's it's like it's, it's even hard sometimes to think back and remember exactly how how different it was mm-hmm. like compared to how it is now right but yeah the the way that I felt before was I I really hated on who I was like I mentioned mm-hmm. I would have never told anybody about anything I've been through yet now I'm in a position where I'm very vulnerable I feel very open I don't feel ashamed to stand up and go hey I was abused hey this I went through this not in a way of like oh get the violins out in a way of I'm going to raise awareness for this
0: yeah absolutely I mean I'm gonna yeah but I would if
1: I hadn't done my healing there is no way I'd be doing this no 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 chance I'd still be in the same career I'd still be doing exactly the same things I'd still be struggling internally and nobody would have a clue um so yeah, I feel much more empowered now. Of course, like negative talk comes up. And when it does, I kind of go, hey, like, no, don't talk to yourself like that. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I don't know. You you do look like that, or or you did that. Okay. Well, you need to give yourself like a you need to be a bit kinder to yourself, Scott. So I think uh what is it, like they say, don't they? It's like mothering yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and I guess that's exactly what it is. It's like, it's actually being a mother to me internally, and I recommend that to everybody. Like you need, uh, like I say, you need to be your own best friend. Absolutely. So if, yeah. Like you have got, got to, to all you. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Be a cheerleader. Be supportive. Be loving. Be kind. And and what's really sad is I thought for many years I was the only person naively going through this, and yet pretty much like I'm traveling at the moment and. I can meet just a random person and they, like they ask what I do and I say, and within moments it's apparent that they don't love themselves, that they hold on to all this pain and this, mm-hmm. this shame and this. Yeah. And, and they almost, and, and when they talk, it reminds me of where I used to be that I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand what love was, like how to love myself. It, it made no sense. And why would I, why would anybody want to love me? Mm-hmm. like? So I think, yeah, like right, i like you talked. It's a journey. But now, if I notice that I'm giving myself a hard time, I I generally have a conversation with myself, and I the other part of me is really bloody nice. Yeah. Like, they're really kind and they're really loving and yeah, they're they're really supportive. And so that part of me has to poke its head up if it notices the horrible horrible part isn't. <laughs>
0: Please. go ahead no 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 <laughs> that's right and you mentioned um you know how you need uh, there were so many nuggets right there but you talked about how you need to you know if you don't love yourself if you don't appreciate yourself mothering yourself quote unquote. so we need to do that and I know there are times when stuff does come up and i may react to a certain situation may react to something but then i need to acknowledge and i need to say okay alka wait a minute why did you react in a certain way why did you respond in a certain way but we need to acknowledge and have the self-acceptance and love you because if i if you didn't love you you would not be in a position today of helping people Um, you know being a coach so when you got into bodybuilding was that when you were still healing yourself how did the bodybuilding gym how did that come about
1: yeah Uh, so I kind of got into fitness in about my 20s Mm -hmm. Um, I had a real I had a baby belly I had a child at 16 and Mm -hmm. um, I had a baby belly and was quite uncomfortable with it and I realized when I was about 21 that I was really unfit like obviously I hadn't really gone to school so I didn't really I'd never really been into fitness, never done that. So right. was it always I'd always been pretty unfit probably. And uh I went I started going to the gym when I was about twenty-one, like right, because I decided, okay, enough is enough time to do something about this nobody's going to make the hat it's not going to happen for me and that was probably around the same sort of time that all the magazines were filled with women having tummy tucks and all these celebrities having tummy tucks everywhere and I was like oh my god I wish I could do that (laughs) but okay I don't have the money for that so I'm gonna go and work on it myself and I actually remember a guy in the gym one day saying to me you know if you start weight training you'll get rid of that stomach and I remember just looking at him thinking, you ain't got a clue, mate. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you haven't got a clue. But I did it and and I worked hard. It's like, I actually kept it quiet. Again, something else I never shared with people. So I'd get up in the morning, I'd go to the gym, wouldn't tell anybody, just, just worked on it myself. Um, and I realised... Quite soon after going to the gym that actually I had a much better day when I went to the gym in the morning despite having to push myself to get out of bed to go to the gym which wasn't like uh, people always That's think you're a morning push, yeah. It. no yeah exactly it's always hard but doing it is really rewarding and mm-hmm. it really sets you up to have a good day and so that was probably what kept me going more than anything and yes I wanted to get rid of my baby belly but what I really noticed was the benefits is that I felt internally which yeah. couldn't be seen except so, so much better so um yeah I kept going to the gym and then in 2017 I burnt out uh my dad passed away in the March and eight weeks later I passed out with the wheel of my car and I went into a tree at 50 miles an hour wow. now um thankfully I woke up you can see the scar across my head big scars staples across my head um I thankfully I woke up from a coma um, and I really went on a journey after that. That's what led me down the path of changing careers. And because I I realized through, it was really scary, I guess, to acknowledge that I'd actually burnt out, mm-hmm. that my body had given up before I had. Mm-hmm. And so I realized at that point, there was something wrong with the way I did things. So yes, I've always got up and got on with things. Two years before that, I'd been beaten up and I was running at hundred miles an hour. I hadn't dealt with it because I didn't know how to or that I needed to. And next minute, my body had given up before me. So that was really the catalyst for me to look in the mirror and go, okay, I don't think the way you deal with things is necessarily the healthiest. Like, uh, I hadn't really ever spoken to anybody, like, about my stuff. I kept my things to myself. I picked up a bottle, went out partying if I wanted to release, wanted to, that was my my thing. That
0: to Yeah. Um,
1: yeah and then uh and then after my accident i couldn't train for 8 months because uh my I had such a severe head injury so i was in recovery for 8 months and the, as the year went on i went into a darker and darker place and on that january it was like you know what i'm coming back stronger um i don't know how but i am going to come back stronger and i am going to do what i feel i've been destined to do my whole life, which is help people, mm-hmm. because I looked at my career and I was like, okay, right? Am I really happy? Because I've just burnt out. Am I really happy? No. Right. Yeah. I carry a lot of pain with me. I knew that immediately. No, I've knocked out with things. No, I like. I, I I don't think the way I'm operating. I don't know what better way is to operate, but I don't think the way I operate is the best. I'm in a career that doesn't help people. I I don't know if that's really serving my purpose. So okay, I want to change careers, I want to come back stronger. Before I go into helping people, I need to become my best self. Yes. Because I've got staples across my head. I've just been in deep depression. Like I'm not completely out of it at this point. So I need to I can't just go right guy yeah look I I've done all these great things I had I had this kind of childhood and I gained a great career and I bought my own and I've done these amazing things and I can take yeah. you through this right whilst yeah. I'm in a bad place myself That's so right. yeah yeah I was like right before I actually changed careers one I don't think if I told you to do something you would necessarily do it and that would be helpful like we can all get told if if everybody knew that to, I know have a great business, you've got to do ABCD. Everybody would have a great business. If everybody knew that you've just got to do ABCD and you could be fit and healthy, That's everybody right. would be doing it. But it's not. Yeah. Our it's brains don't that. work like that now. So I was like, right, how do our brains work? So that was what sent me on the path of understanding neuro, like for, finding neuroscience, understanding that our brain, how our brains work, that they're programmed. Uh, it was what sent me on the path to then become I became an NLP and hypnotherapy master and at the same time as I was discovering all of this I entered a competition which ended up to be bodybuilding I didn't realize that at the time and uh, as soon as I found out what it was even though it was really daunting at that point I was like well this is how I'm going to come back stronger this is I'm going to do this just for me this means not drinking this means not doing the things I've always done. This means doing things differently. And this means doing something for me. Yeah. So I think learning that I was limited in my thoughts and beliefs about myself. It was a great companion to have at the same time as realizing all of that stuff. Um, to actually be able to go on a, a self-love journey mm-hmm. to become my best self while I was uncovering all of the things about me that that didn't really, that weren't helping me, which, so along those from, no what was it? The May, 2018 to then November, 2019,
0: mm-hmm. I ended
1: up winning uh, competitions in the UK and then being taken out to America where I won Miss Atlas and became a world champion.
0: Amazing congratulations.
1: So, thank you. So yeah, I set my goal to go from a coma to become a world champion that goal not only became true but along that process along that time I I I developed my process I developed scars to strength because I realized and learned the tools to be able to really help somebody mm-hmm. shed the old version of them shed yes. what's been holding them back mm-hmm. and really step into the the powerful human being that they they can be and achieve what they're capable of achieving so yeah it always had a bigger purpose than me mm-hmm. I mean, yes, yes. I oh my god! Like yes, for me it was amazing. But from the minute that I wanted to, to come back stronger, it wasn't just for me. It was always to be able to show and help other people, to be able to do exactly the same.
0: Exactly, that they can do it.
1: That they, they can, can do, do it. it. Yeah.
0: And you know what? You mentioned that your brain is such a complex and it's such a complex and powerful tool that we don't realize how much potential. That we have, how much we can learn to overcome those bad times that we've gone through, the trauma that we've gone through, the whatever we're experiencing, that if we really put our minds to it, we can achieve anything. And you've you've overcome the trauma and you entered a bodybuilding competition and which requires a lot of discipline. Like those times when you didn't want to wake up to go to the gym, uh, the nutrition, everything had to be on point, but that's a discipline. But that's a true resilience and you've overcome every aspect. Now, I'm so curious to know about how confidence plays a huge part knowing that when one is going through the trauma, how confidence and resilience plays a huge role what would you say are those key the tips that you can share with us confidence and resilience yeah so
1: well I think when you go through things your confidence is knocked Mm -hmm. right you can have loads of confidence and then go through a really shit time experience yeah a real hurdle and your confidence can go like on the floor I've Mm -hmm. been there multiple times in my life And I think one thing that is really important to do, and it, I think the first thing to do is focus on like, what's one thing I can be doing today? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, what's one thing I could be doing for me that's going to help me is really helpful. Um, because like when we go through things, yeah, we don't feel very confident, but the way that we grow in confidence usually is by taking action. Yes. it's by moving towards something re- mm-hmm. receiving that like like I mentioned earlier like that feeling into it was inside it, the reward feeling isn't something you can experience on the outside something that's internal.
0: internal and
1: when you when you get up and you I don't know go for that walk you go to the gym you go to that class you go and do that thing whatever it is you don't need to be anything huge um it helps you to build that that confidence helps you to build back up your self-esteem, your self-worth. Mm-hmm. like, And that's an, it's an internal job, isn't it? It's it's not, yeah, it's not external. It's an internal, internal thing that you have to go through. So, yeah, I think that that and then when you're in a position to, and I think the sooner you can do this, the better, is to see what positive can come out of what you've been through. And I know that that can be very difficult when you're in the mix of it. Yes, Because it's like, how can I see anything that's positive in this? It's all negative, right? It's all shit Mm -hmm. because this has happened and I'm here and except the sooner though that you can, and this doesn't dismiss and this isn't about repressing that, but in order to get up and move forward, quite often you do need to sometimes just suppress a bit so you can get up. And a great way to do that more healthily is to see it's certainly in my experience is okay what well, what is one good thing even it's just one like start with one what is one good thing that I can take out of this shit situation and 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 focus on that one thing for now
0: yeah right like, and when your attention
1: goes to everything else yeah come back to that one thing and quite often what we tend like I don't I I don't think I, I I should have gone through everything I've been through or that it was all meant to happen. I'm not I'm not kind of in that belief system. But um, what I do know that has helped me is when I've been able to go, OK, well, let's face the facts. It did happen. Mm. So there is no I can't change it. I can't go back. The, right. the only thing I can do is move forward. So recognising that this is where I am now and it has happened. Mm-hmm. What is one thing I can take from it that is going to help me to move forward? Like, so, yeah.
0: Having that self-acceptance. And I think that's, that's the key. Having the self-acceptance, knowing that, okay, what has shaped you, your past, does really shape you for who you are today. And who you are today, Scarlett, is such an, a, such an inspiration to so many people oh. who have, who are going through trauma and friends, if you feel you are going through trauma or any kind of um that's negative situation by you know family, friends around you, knowing that there is help, but you have to ask for help. And Scarlet, we need to ask for help we if do. we know, right? And I think that's the first yeah. step. Taking that first step is to ask yeah. for help.
1: And knowing, like, I, I thought for most of my life, my only uh, option was to go to the doctors. I pretty much thought it was my only option. I have to go to the doctors and I have to say to them, I'm not coping. <laughs> and they're going to tell me, either here's some pills, which they tried doing throughout my life, and I, I've never accepted, uh-huh. but they every single time I turn up to a doctor, and the amount of people I know that are on antidepressants, like, is
0: so well, that's they, they, the, the first thing they
1: ah yeah and and it's just part of the medical process isn't it someone turns up it's like a tick box they turn up like this here you go this -hmm. is what you do. so your option and a lot of people I I know if they're where I was was that I go to a doctor and they're either going to give me pills or send me to a counsellor well I've seen a counsellor before I studied to be a counsellor myself and I stopped because it doesn't for me help you overcome now and that that's my opinion what's worked for me what like what hasn't and yeah i don't i didn't want any of those t- options but what i realize realized now is that there are many other options oh yeah right like, th- that isn't your only option and i i don't like for me i i well i gave up it took me to it took me to almost die to actually go on a hunt again to understand stuff um I'm like. Gee, if I, I I said on my recent podcast, like if I could do anything, like if I could tell my younger, younger self anything, it would be do the healing work. Yeah. Find a way and do the mm. healing work. Because if you don't, it's going to impact your life continuously in, in more negative ways than it has already. It's going to have more Absolutely. of an impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't do the work. But um, I think understanding that, yeah, it, what we think traditionally are the options – are not the only options out there like i still discover things all the time and it might not be something i now need or that i'm going to go use but i I don't know i'll I'll meet a therapist who does therapy in a completely different way and the impacts and the effects that they have are are, are amazing and it's worked for them and it's worked for others just the same as the the approach i take um so yeah i think there's the yeah there's there's so many other things out there there's so many other ways of doing this work so if you haven't found like if you're listening to this and you're going through something you haven't found it yet like keep looking don't give up like exactly there are just because something didn't work for you doesn't mean that it means nothing will work for you it just means you haven't yeah. found that thing yet like you just haven't found what it is or who it is that you need exactly. to have in your corner who's got the tools the the information to
0: guide you that yeah. Absolutely, Scarlett. Well, you have—you are such an inspiration to oh. so many people, and you know it's been such an enlightening conversation. So, my final question: What are you most proud of today, out of all your accomplishments? What would you say is that greatest accomplishment you have?
1: Being a mum, a hundred percent. Right. Yeah, being a mum, watching my my young boy grow um like I mentioned that like I carried a lot of stuff with me and all I've done along my whole healing journey is do my best to heal to, to share to to teach to but my, I, I look at my son and I, I I couldn't be prouder of the of the of the young man that he is of how wise and kind and considerate and uh yeah I'm just I'm I, I still I think you know I still think it's just amazing how we produce mm. how as humans we we carry we, we make a baby you know and it comes out of us and then it's it's actually a human being
0: yeah. that has a
1: brain that has right. limbs that has that actually grows that
0: can function that, turn, yeah. that functions
1: <laughs> so yeah I don't think it matters what else so I, I I think here always been my greatest, my greatest achievement and the thing I'm most proud of. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know, being a mother is the most, uh, you know, gratifying feeling to know that, you know, how much we do and how much, you know, we would as a nurturers. And but Scarlett, this is absolutely amazing. So where can people find you? How can they contact you?
1: Uh, so I'm on Instagram as Scarlett O'Connor UK Um, might not be in the UK right now but um, I am based there (laughs) and uh, my website is uh, www.scarstostrength.com so on there you can find like free resources access to groups that I run um, yeah lots of lots of different things and that's just continuously growing so Yes, if there, there's a few different kind of resources on there. One of the things I guess that we didn't mention, but is really helpful. I've certainly found on my own journey and for others is reflection. Like we said, like about taking responsibility, what went wild today, what didn't. I've got a few things like that, like a reflection guide, other bits on my site. So if Amazing. anybody wants access to that, they can jump on.
0: Perfect. So we will put that in the show notes. And so friends, this has been such an enlightening conversation with an amazing Scarlett O'Connor. And I just want to share, we want to share that if you are facing trauma in your life right now, you know, there is options. As Scarlett has mentioned, we have options and it's to ask for help because there's no shame in asking for help. I mean, I wish I had done that in my life what I was going through but we want to know and so connect with Scarlett go and connect with her and if you've enjoyed this conversation do subscribe like and leave us a review why because of the guests on the show so connect with Scarlett O'Connor and thank you for tuning in to Ask the Experts podcast with Alka. Bye for now. All yeah. right.